Welcome to a special episode of That's a Wrap. Today we are talking about The Revenant. Uh, so what we're doing is we are doing a mini episode on each of the Oscar-nominated Best Picture nominees. So this one's The Revenant, and uh, for That's a Wrap, for this mini episode, I'm Eric Marshall. I'm Nick Schlegel. I'm Chris Cullen. All right, so um, we all saw the movie uh, back in December, I believe. Yep. And uh, yes. Nick, Nick has some kind of preliminary information about it. Right. So for those of you who have not seen The Revenant, uh, it's been pretty universally uh, acclaimed by critics and audiences, um, not without its detractors as well. Currently at Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a pretty fresh rating of 83% and an audience score of 86%, uh, which is, as you all know, pretty high. Um, over at IMDb, where the ratings are even more strict, uh, it's at a very high 8.3. And you guys, everybody knows that, like, you know, IMDb is, uh, it lowballs everything. So 8.3 is very, very high. Uh, so it's, I think it's important that we kind of, you know, measure the beat of what's going on with the film and culture. And then before we sort of chime in, the, but the critic consensus is high. Okay, good. Excellent. So, what's our consensus, though? Is it just as high, or is it lower? Well, I think we have Stay to also... Stay tuned. Make, After these... No, I'm joking. Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> maybe maybe mention that um, DiCaprio, who is the lead in the film as Glass, Hugh Glass, um, won the Golden Globe and has been nominated for uh, an Oscar. Sure, uh, has. sure for, has. For this film, and a lot of the, the buzz is around uh, the online and in person and even through the Hollywood reporter and what I've read in variety that they think this could be his year. Yeah. Yeah. Could be, could be Nick. What are your thoughts? Well, I was a huge fan of this film. I've seen it twice. Um, and was really blown away by the obvious things that this is, it's, it's a really beautiful and stark and, uh, riveting, uh, you know, narrative. It's it's a uh, essentially a, a survival narrative, not unlike um, our discussion of The Martian, which is another survival narrative. Uh, um, but it's also fueled with uh, revenge, a revenge motif, uh, and based on the true uh, true story. Um, I was I really hadn't experienced anything quite like it aesthetically in quite quite a long time. Um, it. It, for me, I was I was utterly captivated, and when it was over, I I had one of those rare moments where, you know, and they're rare uh, for all of all three of us. I had one of those rare moments where I knew that I hadn't seen a film quite like that before. Yeah, I I, uh, I tend to agree with both of you. Uh, I think the in particular for me, it was the cinematography that got me. Yeah, me too. Uh, it had remnants of uh, kind of Terrence Malick. And I think the cinematographer um, was the same guy who – I can't remember his name right now um, – who did uh, Tree of Life. So, Emmanuel Lubeski. I can never – yeah, I can never figure out how to pronounce his name. Lubeski, right? Lubeski, Lubeski. Um yeah, he did the, uh, the cinematography. And, you know, there were all these interesting shots of – 
um, almost ground level, not far above ground level. These these long tracking, smooth tracking shots that actually reminded me a lot of the Thin Red Line mm-hmm. uh, to a large extent, and also a little bit Tree of Life. It's just like the camera had a was a character itself almost in this film, and it just really was lush and interesting and and dynamic and and, and fluid. And I think it really carried the film because it's a long film and there's a long film without a lot of dialogue. Yeah. So, so, you know, you need to be visually kind of stimulated, I think, uh, for something like that. And I think that they do a really good job with that. I agree. The cinematography was what struck me. Um, And speaking of other films that it reminded me of, um, as far as its starkness, its minimalism, it reminded me a lot of a wintry version of there will be blood oh interesting <laughs> that's that's yeah, that's the best that. thing that i i could yeah, absolutely i could uh compare it to is when i was watching it you know because yeah in the, in the beginning of there will be blood there's there's this whole sequence that does not have a lot of of dialogue and there are large chunks of this film that don't have a lot of dialogue um and you 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 see like the, the landscape is such a and i think the, the landscape in addition to the character, the um, sorry, the can't wait. You said Eric, the camera being coming a character. I think like like in um, like the Coen Brothers Fargo or in in There Will Be Blood, the landscape becomes an additional element of character sure. in this. Absolutely, and, and building off of that, um, I don't understand why then some of the commentary, some of the criticism of the film, evolved around um, the very things I think that work for it which is the a, a lot of the negative reviews that I've read all seem to aggregate on the idea that it's it's you know slim on on narrative and obviously that that is the case here there's not much to it and they almost wear it as a badge of something to critique uh I don't think that this film needs a um very complex ornate narrative plot and story to hang it on it's not it's not about that i think they're really missing the point some critics have gone so far in fact at the guardian at the guardian and i don't know why i'm giving any lip service to this ridiculous article someone named carol cadwallader called it meaningless pain porn and then goes on to write a scathing review of it saying how you know ridiculous it is and and that uh, we're just a culture that that thrives on violence and there's nothing to this film, which and, and that idea porn? that it was pain porn. Yes. Meaningless pain porn. Uh, so I would, I mean, I would suggest to her not to read any history books on the Coliseum or step into any museums or, or, or look at human history. If she's, if she's so uh, um, sensitive to, to pain, um, you know, life is pain. And we're fortunate enough that, you know, art does, in fact, reflect that back to us. I mean, that's grappled with in the arts and it's dramatized for us all the time. Uh, no one really was saying that much about Gladiator when it won Best Picture, you know, although it, it also had its detractors and said it glorified violence. And I'm like, no, I think the Gladiator games <laughs> pretty much took care of that all by themselves. That was The Bachelor <laughs> that night or, or, you know, America's Got Talent, basically. They just run down to the Coliseum, see a bunch of people rip their each other's heads off and get fed to the lions. So I just, I, I'm not disagreeing with the people that said there was a threadbare narrative there. I, I, I'm like, so what's your problem? You know, that to me, that's akin to criticizing something for doing what is exactly what it was meant to do. And I think that they're neglecting 
and undervaluing an extraordinary performance from DiCaprio, uh, which reminds me very much of, of actually a hearkening back to silent cinema and you really using the body and uh, close-ups of facial expressions to express inner thoughts and feelings and emotions, as well as the mask of the face. And so, you know, I, I guess it's pretty clear where I stand on this film. I think it's pretty remarkable. And I think that the, uh, the criticisms of it, uh, some may be valid, but the ones that attack its narrative or calling it or call it pain porn, they're clueless. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, I, I think that this is, uh, this is a movie that is for movie lovers. It, this is what going to the movies is all about, right? The, the, uh, a film like this. Um, I did, I was reading, just glancing through here, some of the, the criticism, cause I had not heard a lot of the negative stuff. Um, calling it meaningless pain porn. Um, so does that mean that, uh, Gettysburg is meaningless pain porn? Does that mean the last of the Mohicans is meaningless pain porn? Uh, does that uh, mean the last temptation of Christ? The last temptation of Christ is mean. I mean, that, that's a, what a stupid thing to say. Um, I read also other, other things. I didn't realize, and I, I feel kind of stupid for saying this. I didn't realize that Hugh Glass was a real person. Mm-hmm. that it's like a semi-biographical film. Sure. And I guess I was, I was reading a couple things about like the historical inaccuracies, which again, it's a, it's a semi-biographical right. film. There's so plenty gonna, of them because it's not license. really well. Uh, <clears throat> it's almost a folkloric oral history. Uh, uh, the book that exists on him is, is, is uh, put together from various sources. No one really knows all the real great specifics of his life other than those major points of the bear attack. And, and yeah, so the film does take a lot of dramatic license with some things. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can you guys a- honestly say you've ever really seen a film like this before? Holy cow. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not going to go that far right now because I can't, I mean, what do you mean like this, but I want to talk a little bit about the bear attack. Cause I think that a lot of, a lot of people are unfairly um, focusing on that that scene, right? The, and I think that's where this pain porn thing comes from is the bear attack, right? The movie's like two and a half hours long, and that's one scene. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, the movie's about – it's about this, you know, dealing with adversity, overcoming adversity. It's about revenge. It's about uh, relationships between a father and a son. It's about uh, our treatment of Native American peoples. Uh you know, it's about there's all this stuff going on in the film, and the bear attack is simply the you know kind of the inciting incident that, that kind of propels you into the rest of the movie. And so I don't know, I don't get this whole focus just on that or just on the what they call the pain porn. Uh, now beyond that, going back to your question, have I ever seen a movie like this? Um, I guess not. I mean, what do you mean by like this? Well, remember what your text was to me after you saw it? I think you said, holy fuck, wow, 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 or something like that. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, I mean, it's I, a great movie. I'm not saying it's not a great movie, you know, but like in what ways is it unique? Oh, I mean, well, I, I, I mean, I'm not, not disagreeing with you, it's but largely, I mean, it's a largely silent film. I mean, it's, it spends an incredible amount of time basically out in the middle of, you know, nowhere in the wilderness dealing with a, a, a man's basic survival. And that's it. I mean, it's from one scene to the next is just him trying to crawl, then crawl a little bit better, then maybe limp a little bit, then maybe walk a little bit, then 
fuse his fucking throat shut with some gunpowder, then get back into a river, then go down. I've never seen a film quite like that, which also then pauses every few minutes to sort of like take in the visual splendor of like shooting in the available light of, of this, this, this extraordinary vistas that we're exposed to via the cinematography and the, uh, those exterior locations. It was, uh, very, like, really meditative. I mean, yeah, we could talk about meditative films that we've seen before. You, you mentioned The Tree of Life, but how many of them sort of combine this uh, amazing sort of, like, Native American cosmology aspect to it uh, with revenge, with survival? I don't know. It was a it was a really kind of a new experience for me. So I can't yeah, think of another film that did, the Reven- did that quite the way that The Revenant did. I, so. I, 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 see, I see what you're saying now. I mean, I, I, I think that the the whole survival um and the the whole idea about frontiersmen like you know uh, you know it's almost like you could compare it whether you know jedediah leland or 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 um grizzly adams or somebody like that you know it, it it really focuses on that idea of the the this time period and conquering this this unknown wilderness that that the frontiersmen did and i think it does it well so i i i i see what you're i see what you're saying as far as um i i don't i don't quite know if i've ever seen a film of this scope that is able to achieve what it wants to do with respect to the frontier and with respect the one thing that really struck me about this movie um was the way yes the cinematography is gorgeous but the way they're showing the land untouched by man right you know and it's it, it's just i think it's wonderful that they were able to shoot where you know where they shot but you know you think about it and you think about the land and and the time period that the film takes place in and you know they were going to places that people had never touched before. Well, that's the that's the whole point, Chris. Exactly. This is not yeah. a CGI film. It's sort of the it's yeah. antithetical to the CG. CGI is nature, right? Right. And and that's what I that's what I think the is my favorite part about it. You know, you, you know, we have global warming and we have all this pollution and and the the rape of our natural world. And this, I think, this film really zeroes in on that. And it's so untouched. I mean, it is such a quiet film. There's this mm-hmm. like. You know that it's almost like you can hear the crunch of the snow uh, underneath him, and yeah. nothing else yeah. at times. You know, mm. it, it's it's so quiet and so, in some ways, meditative that I think some of the criticisms of it. I think people are just find, feel that they have to criticize films that they're not doing their job if they praise it. And uh, believe me, I come across a lot of critiques where I find, in particular, you can you can latch on to a particular critic who seems really pissy uh, in, in a review and then look at the, their other reviews and see that they're just only, they're only happy really if they're like degrading something. Uh, mm-hmm. And in this case uh, I found some reviews of it that were, you know, kind of like narrow and harsh and really kind of think missed the point. Were they, were all these reviews just about the, the pain aspect or was there other stuff? Cause I mean, it's empty narratives some- focusing on yeah. pain, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I mean, cause I mean, it's true that the, the narrative's really simple mm-hmm. and it, it take. I mean, it's, it's, it's a long film right, with absolutely. not a lot going on in terms of plot, right. but like you said earlier, so what's your point? So what, that's, yeah. That's, castaway gravity. How are they different? You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I was going to mention castaway. I think castaway is another movie where you get a long, 
long sequences with no dialogue, just a guy trying to survive. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen All Is Lost, the Robert Redford film. No, sim- similar. Um, yeah, similar to that. You know, so there are films that do this, you know, this sort of thing. And I, I think that's like when you when you walk into this movie and if you know anything about it, you know, that's what you're getting. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, um, you guys were talking about CG. I mean, the interesting thing is that the bear was all CG. Right. Which is kind of interesting. You know, I mean, people talk about Leonardo DiCaprio grunting, you know, he was in a harness with a green screen grunting you know, or whatever. Uh, looks incredibly realistic to me. Oh God. But, um, but yeah, there's some, you know, I mean, there's, there's a lot going on in this film in terms of commentary, uh, as Chris pointed out, um, in terms of um, just the, the human, like just the will to survive. Yeah, right. That's what uh, I view it as. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I'm kind of like revenge narratives for me are, as I've gotten older, I tend to, I don't tend to respond to them in the same way. Cause I mean, as you guys know, one of my favorite films of the nineties was the crow, which is all about revenge. Sure. But uh, these days to me, revenge, I'm like, I don't know. I mean, it starts making me think of some stuff that's going on in the world and stuff. But, but as far as this goes, I mean, it, it, it worked. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I thought, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Well, it's just that we're really comfortable with using the word revenge in this, but revenge seems secondary to me. I, 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 I I think that that hate kept him going and that was really important. Uh, but it, I, you know, to me, it's, it, it's more of a survival tale than it is a revenge tale. The, uh, Tom Hardy's not in the film that much. It's all about Leo and it's, it's about his, you know, a, ability to adapt, overcome and survive. Granted, you know, the, the, the motivation for that is probably less to live and more to like, you know, killed Tom Hardy's character. But so what? I mean, when you write a script, obviously you have to have, an, you know, a, a very explicit outer goal for a character. And his outer goal was to survive and kick the shit out of Tom Hardy. Right. And he does. And, and speaking of Tom Hardy, he's, he's pretty amazing in this film as well. Yeah. That dude's a chameleon. Yeah, he sure is. Yeah. From, from, uh, from Bane all the way to, uh, <laughs> to Mad Max, to, to Mad Max, Mad to Max John to Fitzgerald. Yeah. 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 He's, he does a great job. I mean, overall, as far as I'm concerned, this is um, one of the best movies of the eight uh, best picture nominees, if not the best. Uh, I, I'm really I'm not going to say I enjoyed it. Um, well, of the ones I've seen, I haven't seen them all yet, but um, I'm not going to say that I enjoyed The Revenant. Uh, I really did the second time, Eric. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just a weird word to use enjoy you know i enjoy watching this guy uh you know in pain for for two hours you know but subtler appreciations of the second time yeah i'm sure i'm sure and and you know it goes back to that cinematography right i'm sure it'll win i'm sure yeah okay Okay, so that's that's our take on yeah that's our take on the revenant uh you uh can Weigh in with your comments on The Revenant, if you like, on our Facebook page, uh, or you can go to that'srapshow.com and leave comments there. And thanks for listening to this mini episode on The Revenant of That's a Wrap. Once again, I'm Eric Marshall. And I'm Nick Schlegel. And I'm Chris Gullen. Thanks for listening. Cut. That's a wrap. (laughs) 